Hello and welcome to What the Health, a podcast exploring compassion and self-care in healthcare. I'm Dr. Funke Akiboya, a consultant physician interested in health and well-being. I feel that many of us in healthcare have lost the way to being well ourselves. Through sharing my observations and experiences, I hope to provide food for thought and create a conversation around this topic. In this episode, Unpacking to Let Go, I discuss the difficult process of letting go, which is often necessary to move forward. I hope you enjoy. They say that life is struggle, and this has certainly felt true for me and many over the past year or more. While I like to think I can rise to a challenge and take forward lessons from past events, growing from difficult experiences, life has recently shown me that not everything can or should be held on to. Just like a suitcase packed in the summer for the skiing holiday would have us struggling with its weight and sweating on the beach in salopettes, the weight of the past can keep us from moving forward to the next season properly prepared. But what is the extra weight in our mental suitcase and how do we let go of it? We all carry beliefs which are long-held stories of who we are, what we're capable of, how the world works. Many of us also have ideas of how we think we or the world should or could be. The way we interpret the world is through the filter of these stories and it impacts how we feel and behave. While some of these stories are useful and have allowed me to succeed, others cause suffering. Over the past year, I've steadily moved over my baggage allowance and got tired carrying the weight and frustrated paying the excess. So I've been examining the contents of my suitcase more closely by paying attention to some of the thoughts and emotions that have persisted beyond the challenging events. Letting go of these stories may mean releasing an identity that no longer fits, releasing friends who add more weight than support, or accepting how things are rather than how we expected them to be. Some of the things I hoped to clear from my suitcase for my next season include my PhD studies, ruminations about my late father and the emotional toll of pushing for a more inclusive workplace and society. Despite aspirations that make me sound like a contestant in Miss Congeniality or Miss World, I found the process of letting go a challenge in itself. Why is that? Actually, it has been studied. We naturally have a cognitive bias that gives us an aversion to loss, where losing something is twice as painful as the pleasure of gaining the same thing. This bias is common in cognitive psychology, decision theory and behavioural economics. The basis for this is a combination of neurological makeup, socio-economic and cultural factors. Neurologically, three parts of the brain are thought to contribute. The amygdala, which produces feelings of anxiety and fear, The striatum, which is involved in learning and prediction, but is more stimulated by loss than gain. And the insular area, which is involved in avoidance, showing stronger activity to certain stimuli. Socioeconomic factors play a role, with less loss aversion seen in people with more power and wealth, as these people are better placed within societal structures to tolerate it. There is also a cultural component with a study of 53 countries showing those from Eastern Europe were more loss-averse than those from African countries. This may be explained by the societal safety net provided in more collectivist societies compared to individualistic ones. 
While I did not approach my losses armed with this science, it does go some way to explain some of the elements that have helped me to let go. There are some unspoken questions that were answered and aided this process. One, what am I afraid of? With my PhD, it's the loss of the connection with other university researchers who shared the struggle of the PhD in a way few will understand. However, in lockdown, they were a consistent support in the shut up and work virtual library sessions. In completing my PhD, I've been afraid to lose this community. This has been made easier by the prospect of other research projects in connection with some of these individuals. A week of inspiring lectures, events and meetings in the Postgrad Researcher Development Week felt like a group celebration that allows me to move forward on a high. Two, what does this loss represent? In the lead up to my first fatherless Father's Day, I felt anxious despite a lovely funeral in December. While I'm usually at peace around this, there are times when it occurs to me that my dad was a great explorer, musical communicator and humorous being that is no longer with us. However, remembering that these traits I value about him live on in me and spending time with people who bring them out in me helps reduce my suffering. It also helped to leverage the family support network in our strongest language of music with a group compiled playlist of memorable songs of his posted to each family member on a memory stick carved in the shape of a guitar, which he played. The thoughtful responses and gifts and calls turned the feared isolation into a connection. Three, how does this make me feel? I'm increasingly understanding that our emotions are feedback around our stories. If the ever-changing weather pattern of emotions inside me is anything to go by, I have Aesop within me, with a number of fables for any given situation. Last year, my stories around how fair society is was challenged and it angered me. The story I was carrying was that people should care about more than themselves in a given moment. That those most in need in a society should be supported by those able. That people should give without expectation of receiving and that these virtues should transcend whatever racial or religious group they have affiliated with. I've come to realise that I grew up in a bubble of London diversity, celebrating Diwali alongside Easter and with all the cultural immersion that removes any fear of the variety. It is 30% of the world who hold such a perspective, the world-centric view, while the vast majority have an egocentric, self-centred, or ethnocentric, group-centred view. I must have had a body full of doves as I was spitting feathers, of peace, for months about all the injustice I could see. While this righteous anger is empowering, it is unsustainable. They also say what you resist persists. So the uncomfortable anger I was trying to make space for stayed with me until I could identify some of the stories and release them. I had to forgive the 70% who do not hold a world-centric view for the fairness and inclusion that they were not exposed to in their formative years. I also had to forgive myself for believing other people's views were my responsibility to change and for expending more energy than I had to spare on this. It was a process of surrender and grieving that was required for me to let go of this and I still may have a few doves left in me. But in the space of letting go, I've experienced some peace. Many of us have become aware of the extra weight that will not carry us well into next season. 
It can be a vulnerable process to recognise and admit that we have these beliefs or stories. But just as with clothes, trying these ideas on and feeling what is an uncomfortable fit helps identify what should be released. Clearing out some of these mental stories leaves space for unimagined possibilities, and I've experienced some of these already. While our suitcases are largely packed by our parents and society, it remains our responsibility to review the contents for the journey ahead, as difficult as that may be. The economist John Kenneth Gabraith wrote on the challenge of being open-minded. Faced with the choice between changing one's mind and proving that there is no need to do so, almost everyone gets busy on the proof. Thank you for listening to What The Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for more and share it with anyone you think would benefit from hearing it. We would love to hear from you. What do you need to let go of to move into your next season? We welcome healthcare professionals to our podcast community on Facebook. Until next time, take care of yourself.